Witch. All witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. The third commercial, it's still on, please. Take off the third channel, the third channel, it's still running. Stop it, please, for God's sake, please stop it. There's no more time. You've got to, please, stop it. Stop it now, turn it off. Turn it off. Stop it. 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 Welcome to the Review to Death podcast. I am Marcus. And I'm Luke. Halloween is upon us, Luke. So we are going to finish up our series with a two-part Halloween spectacular. Yeah, man. Damn near no more days till Halloween. <laughs> man, I've enjoyed my month, haven't you? Yeah, no, it's been great. I mean, I, I never have a, a bad time during October. Uh, you know, I... We, I mean, we pretty much watch scary shit year long, but it's just more of it uh, in October. And um, yeah, that's that's great. That's a good time for me. As I started last podcast, I mean, not much of a tradition, but uh, I got Shutter TV on in the background. So uh, oh, right. have you seen this one? It's another slasher movie and it's called Allison's Birthday. Allison's Birthday? Yeah. No, I've never heard of Allison's birthday. I've never heard of it either. It's another old one. It looks weird. <laughs> uh, do tell. Uh, I mean, it looks like it's from the 70s. And um, from what I can tell, I've had it on for about 15 minutes now. And in that 15 minutes, a family has been eating dinner. Uh-huh. And then one guy out of nowhere gets hit over the head by a vase. And a bunch of uh-huh. old people come in and carry him out of there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now there's now there's like medical bags and syringes and shit, and I don't know what's going on, but it's weird. Allison's birthday sounds uh, sounds wild. <laughs> so what have you been watching to finish up your uh, your Halloween viewing this month? Huh? What? Luke, are you there? Yeah. Wait, what? What? I asked you what you've been watching. What have you been watching? What do you mean? What have you been watching to finish up October? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I watched a couple of movies. Uh, I'm continuing to watch a show that I've been watching. Actually, I started watching it before October even. And then I started playing a, a video game, uh, which I, we, I talked about last time, I believe. Uh, the two movies I watched was uh, Tatain by uh, Julia... Oh, man. Dubernau? I'm, I'm sure I said that wrong. She's French. It's a very French movie. Man, I hesitate to ask about this one. <laughs> this is a movie where a girl fucks a car. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> you, you may or may not have heard of it. Uh, it's It's been kind of making the rounds. It's on Hulu, and it kind of popped up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie. I kind of want to check this out. It, we I mentioned this movie when we did uh, our uh, – or during our uh, High Tension uh, episode. We talked about um, – you know the the new French extremity wave. You know of uh, yeah, like the early two thousands, and this is one of the movies that uh, you know uh, possibly maybe is reigniting that um, that scene uh, now because this is a it's a new movie. I, it came out I think it's like twenty nineteen or, or something like that. Or right around it's it's a contemporary movie, and um, 
yeah, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's wild, man. It's a fucking ride. Uh, you know, no spoilers during these quick discussions, but uh, yeah, uh, girl fucks a car, uh, gets him, <laughs> gets impregnated, gets impregnated by second. car. Hold on a second. Hold on. Gets impregnated by the car. Yeah, you fucking heard me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where I'll leave it. Uh, maybe I've even said too much right there. Uh, I, I know how much you don't like David Lynch stuff. You've made that abundantly clear. Uh, yeah, more, it gets more it, than once. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty lynchy. Uh, it gets very body. <laughs> it gets very body horror ish. And man, I, I kind of fucking dug it. I'm not gonna lie. It's not when I say David Lynch. It like it's still they don't explain what the fuck a lot of stuff is in this movie. But um, it, it still kind of made its own sense to me. And um, I don't know. I liked it. So I finally watched uh, Terrifier, Luke. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah with the uh, Terrifier 2 is, is making people puke in theaters right now, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Allegedly. You know what? I I guess I didn't know this franchise existed. I sort of missed the whole thing. I don't know how I missed it back in 2016 when it came out. But I do know it's the, you know, it's about that, the guy Art the Clown. And I think it comes from a, like a, an anthology series that the guy did before, right? Something right, like that, yeah. All Hallows Eve or something. I think so. Yeah, like Art the Clown had a like a, a segment in 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 some movie or some collection or something, and then he got his own movie in Terrifier. So I, you know, I heard a lot about it, and I finally watched it today, and I I pretty much enjoyed it. It's pretty brutal, though. It's very brutal. I, I watched it a few years ago, and um, yeah, it's uh it's extremely graphic. It's uh the gore is is really well done. It's all you know practical. It's a low budget movie, but um. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fucked up. I thought the ending was stupid, from what I remember. But other than that, I, I thought it was a uh, a pretty solid, uh, if if very not for the squeamish type movie. Yeah, the ending was a bit stupid. They had to set it up for the sequel, though, I suppose. And um, I guess uh, the other thing I got to say is that the acting was not so great across oh, the yeah. board, except for Art the Clown, right? Who sounded right. you know great, or who did you know who? It was like he played that part well. Yeah, the guy that plays Art the Clown did a great job. And um, yeah, he basically makes that movie. Yeah, there's no, you know, it's a really low budget movie. It's, it's you know, a bunch of actors that probably haven't done much before or since. So yeah, yeah the, you're definitely not there for the acting. If you're going to watch Terrifier, just, you know, be aware of how brutal it is. And you're, you're going to be watching a lot of practical gore hit the screen. Yeah, no, but I really enjoyed uh, his performance of Art the Con. I forget the guy's hey, wait, name is. Hey, wait, wait a second. You, you fucking hear that shit? What are you talking about, man? You don't fucking hear that? No. How do you not fucking hear that? It's driving me fucking crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're talking about. But Terrifier, I had a good time with Terrifier. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I watched. That's the movie I watched. And um, uh, you said you were playing a video game? Uh, I did. I uh, I started started Resident Evil Two, the uh, the remake, the uh, recently released Resident Evil Two remake. Well, I guess it's not that recent. Like a couple, it's been a few years. Uh, I picked this one. I, if you remember, I, I the first one I played this month was um, the Wolf Among Us, which is fantastic. And then um, I picked Resident Evil Two because I thought like, oh, you know, this won't be as scary because I played Resident Evil Two back in the day when it was released like in nineteen ninety eight, which is like it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, and this was remade from the ground up using their, you know, their Resident Evil engine that Capcom has. Um, so it's, you know, it's still the same, like police station and everything, all that that same environment. But it's, you know, it's completely 3D and it just looks fucking amazing. Like the graphics are 
mind-blowingly good. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still pretty fucking scary. It's not as scary as Resident Evil 7 was because that was like a nightmare to play at times, but uh, it's still really, really scary. They made zombies scary again, which um, I didn't think was possible. So uh, having a blast with it, about five hours into it right now. Hopefully, possibly we'll finish it, or at least Leon's story, because there's Leon's and Claire's stories. Um, at least I'll finish Leon's story, hopefully, by the next uh, one or two episodes here. Nice. The clips you sent me, it looks really cool. Like, they did a really good job. Yeah, they did. The the the, the lighting effects, you know, there's a storm outside, the the, the gore, uh, you know, it's, man, it's all really well done. Uh, oh, I, I do got to say, one thing I don't like about it is uh, they replaced Leon's voice actor from the original. Oh, and from... And from, you know, RE4, I don't know if it was the same dude or not, but uh, yeah, it's a different dude playing it. It's definitely a younger sounding person and it's uh, it's just not as good. What I do like about it, though, is when you aim at zombies when they're coming at you or, or whatever, he kind of like he says stuff just by himself. And it's usually stuff that I'm thinking like, <laughs> yeah, you sent me one of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's usually stuff that like I'm thinking. So like all of a sudden a zombie <laughs> will crash through a door and he'll be like, oh, fucking great. <laughs> or like. Or I'll shoot because I fucking I'm a shitty shot in this game and like bullets are really precious, right? Like it's a survival horror game and it's really they really give you like no bullets in this game. So if you miss, it's like it breaks your heart. So like I'll I'll shoot and I'll miss and Leon will be like, oh god fucking damn it, or something like that. <laughs> so that's it's it's a nice touch. It's uh so far I'm loving, loving the game, even though it is making me fucking clench my beehole at times, but it's a good it's a good time. So that's what I've been playing, and I, I watched another movie, and- What the fuck, man? You- you gotta be fucking- fucking that shit. I don't know you what can't you're hear that? About, man. What's wrong with you tonight? You can't hear that. No, you can't hear that. Mm, I don't know what's going on with Luke tonight, but the- the other thing that I've been watching, <clears throat> it's not really horror, but, um, every Halloween, there's a couple of, uh, you know, like, Halloween-themed TV shows that I like to catch up on. Do you have any of those, Luke? TV shows? Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, so like, um, usually what happens is like, I'll watch all the, um, like I'll watch, uh, like there's a couple of like that TV show, Martin, there's a couple of Halloween episodes that I like watching from the nineties. And, um, it's been in the past. I've always watched like the Roseanne Halloween specials because those have always been sort of the best. Oh, sure. Sure. This year, I didn't watch those. I've been watching, uh, they put Home Improvement. You remember that show with Tim Allen? Yeah, I used to watch the original Home Improvement, sure. Yeah, they put all those on Hulu. So I watched some of their Halloween episodes. They're um, very similar to the Roseanne ones. So similar that I think that maybe they, uh, you know, borrowed, hint, hint, wink, wink, (laughs) nod, nod, some ideas from the Roseanne specials. But, um, you know, I like them. So, you know, there's just a little bit of uh, comedy fun, you know, Halloween spirit stuff. Yeah, my my comedy fun uh, that I've been watching TV wise is I've been uh, catching up on what we do in the shadows and um, um, also on Hulu. I, I'm loving it. It's great. I love the movie. And at first I thought the show was not going to be anywhere near as good, but uh, I'm in season three now. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Highly recommended. I also like, uh, you, you know, the on YouTube, the angry video game nerd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to watch yeah, that. Of- you like you like introduced me to that, dude. Yeah. And I found it randomly the uh, like, you know, years and years ago. And um. He always does a Halloween uh, episode. So I've been watching his Halloween episodes. Those are fun. You know, good laugh out of those. Yeah, he still does stuff, huh? He still puts out content. 
He does not as much as before. You know, he's got a family. He's our age. You know, he's got a family. He's got a life, and I'm I'm sure he's fucking done with this character that he created when he was like, you know, twenty. Right. Right. I wonder how much money he's made off that channel. He must. He must have made a pretty good amount. You figure? I I would imagine it's enough to live by. Right. Right. But you know, who knows? Okay, I definitely hear that. I was gonna say, man, because like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get murdered or something. Try not to try not to interrupt the the podcast too much, but this is a. So I guess that means it's time to talk about our movie tonight, Luke. That's right. Uh, we watched me for the first time. Uh, Halloween three, season of the witch. What's this one about, Luke? The quick synopsis is: Kids all over America want silver shamrock masks for Halloween. Doctor Daniel Chalice seeks to uncover a plot by silver shamrock owner Conal Cochran, which somehow involves Stonehenge, Ireland, robots, and laser beams that both <laughs> melt flesh and produce. Slash conjure bugs and snakes from a human body. <laughs> Before we get into this one, I got to say the sheer audacity that that Carpenter and crew had to make this Halloween three after two very successful Halloween Michael Meyer movies is off the charts. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. It's like <laughs> they're like, well, we have this thing that's super successful. Let's do something completely fucking off the walls. Bonker bonkers. Just just to see if we can. And um, man, to various degrees of success. For those of you that are not familiar with this one, this was the third installment in the Halloween series. And this is was intended to like set the series in a way where it was going to be like a yearly anthology movie with a different director and such. And so like if this movie was successful, we could have had yearly Halloween movies. You know, yeah, which I think would it, have been really freaking awesome. It like would have been a great way for like new directors to get a start at something. Right. And get a, original stories. And we wouldn't end up with like, you know, 13 Michael Myers movies. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and yeah, we, we, we love anthologies anyway, you know, Marcus and I. And um, yeah, it would have been great. It would have been, you know, original stories every year. It's kind of like when we had fucking Saw movies every year on Halloween. And then we had paranormal activity movies every year on Halloween. It would have been like that, except with original stories every year, which to me sounds a whole lot better. This one does not have Michael Myers in it. And that's the reason why it was written off right away, because everybody hated the fact that he wasn't in it. I mean, I guess I should clarify he is in it technically. Uh, our main character, uh, <laughs> Doc, Doc Chalice, is uh, watching a like a preview for uh, Halloween on TV. So that's the only Michael Myers you get in this movie. And that pissed people off. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they watch the original Halloween, the 1970 Halloween, a few times <laughs> during this movie. And uh, complete with the original score and everything. This one was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who is a longtime associate of John Carpenter. And this was actually his first uh, direct, this was his directorial debut. And I guess the story behind this movie is that it was this this whole idea of this movie was put together by um, uh, Deborah Hill. That's her name, right? As a person who worked with uh, John Carpenter on the original right. Halloweens. Mm -hmm. And she sort of conceived this idea. And then this story was uh, written by a guy named Nigel Keneally or Neely. 
Then it was actually rewritten by John Carpenter and then rewritten again by Tommy Lee Wallace, who then directed it. Right. And, and Tommy Lee Wallace actually only has uh he only he only has he has the sole credit writing credit on this movie uh, at the end of the day. And it's funny because uh, there's a a panel at, at um, 2013's uh, 35 Years of Terror. It was a convention in Pasadena, California. And uh, Tom Lee Wallace was there and uh, somebody asked him, you know, what what the fuck? Like, what, what's the what is up with that story with Stonehenge and, and laser beams and the masks and uh, Wallace? Wallace's entire response was, quote, it's magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't fucking know. He didn't know. I don't think anybody knew, man. Nobody knows what's going on in this movie. And the whole Stonehenge and the whole Stonehenge thing is sort of like a throwaway line at the very beginning of the movie that you don't pay much attention to. Well, no, you don't. And I, I remember hearing something about it, but it wasn't until later in the movie. And I'm like, wait. So what happened at the beginning of what was that thing? Was did someone steal Stonehenge? What yeah, the fuck? someone stole a piece, like one of the one of the monoliths, you know, one of the plinths. <laughs> Man, that sounds like some Despicable Me shit. <laughs> sounds like it would be impossible to do. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It just, it just like like grew and the minions fucking shrunk it and they put it in their pocket and then they gave it to uh, our main villain in the movie, uh, Connell Cochran. <laughs> So if you're wondering about that sound clip you kept hearing in the first part of the podcast, you're going to hear that a lot through this movie. Do you want to know how many times exactly? Because I made Did a tally. You oh, you counted, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Of course I fucking counted. 11 times. It comes on 11 times in this uh, hour and 38-minute uh, movie. Did you count like all the partials towards the end too? I didn't count all the partials, uh, and in fact, you know, if it was like it was in one scene and then it cut away for a second, they went back to the same scene that it was still playing. I didn't count that either. Okay. Uh, so, so I, <laughs> I counted, uh, yeah, eleven uh, total instances of that fucking song. And it's a commercial. It's a commercial for Silver Shamrock, which is this company that is making these masks, and they got a witch one, a skeleton one, and a pumpkin one, and it's. And uh, they're always saying it's like, oh, it's eight more days or three more days. And don't forget to wear your mask. Hey, by the way, that uh, that song, it averages out to about every nine minutes that movie plays in the movie. So I'll let you know it's a lot. Like If you take a shot every time the song plays, you're going to be fucked up like halfway through the movie. <laughs> the movie opens up with a guy walk uh, running, not walking, a guy running down the street with one of those pumpkin masks in his pocket, trying to get away from something. I never really caught his last name or his first name. Um, did you, it was like what? Gumpers or something? No, no, it's not Gumpers. <laughs> Gumpkins? No, 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 dude, it's it's Harry. It's, this is Harry. <laughs> Harry, it's Harry Gumpers. Okay. <laughs> I'm going on the ledger that I saw later that looked like a G. Okay, so Harry Gumper is running down the street. <laughs> he is running down the street. I it's a fabulous opening for me, man, because it really feels like a John Carpenter movie. It does, and that's helped out by the fact that, um, well, for one, this movie is is well shot. You know, the uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, he, his two most famous things that he did was this, and then he did the It movie in the you know right. nineteen ninety. Yeah. Um. So you know he knows what he's what he's doing. 
And uh, the music is uh, completely by John Carpenter and is very, it's awesome. It's one of my favorite parts about this movie. It's uh, it's classic, classic John Carpenter. And um, it's, uh, it's all over this movie, complete with like jump scare sound cues right out of the first two Halloween movies. And uh, he's, he ends up in a deserted, well, not deserted, but closed auto lot. And he's mm-hmm. trying to run away from something. And it's just a car that drives by. And then uh, a weird dude in a suit sort of tracks him down. He's one of many guys in suits in this movie that we're going to be talking about. I uh, I ended up calling these guys uh, 80s Agent Smiths because that's pretty much what they reminded me of. They're like in these 80s uh, three-piece suits, right? Two, two-piece suits? I don't know, suits. And uh, they're <laughs> they're all over this movie. And uh, yeah, the, these guys uh, very robotically uh go after this guy and uh the the first he's he's got him on the ground he's choking harry out one of these uh you know one of these smiths dudes and he's choking him out and harry like pulls out um one of these uh like tire stoppers you know you, you chalk. keep the car from it's got the chalk. wheels chocked the chalk <laughs> yeah he pulls the <laughs> chalk out and uh, the car rolls and it hits um hits one of these you know suit guys you know killing him presumably and, and harry gets away he runs into the 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 petrol station and uh freaks out a dude in there that was watching tv uh one of the one of the many many times that that fucking commercial is on tv and uh, then he just passes out and he ends up going to the the local hospital where we finally get to meet our our, our hero uh of the piece uh hero. dr dan fucking hero <laughs> dr dan is an awful person dr fucking dan <laughs> Can we talk about Dr. Dan? Yes, we can. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we meet him first because he's going home to his family, but it's his ex-wife and his kids, and he brings his kids some masks, but his wife is like, oh, I got him cooler masks, so nice try, motherfucker. I beat <laughs> yeah. you to it. <laughs> and as soon as he gets home, as soon as he gets home, he gets a call to right. go back to the hospital. And before we get into this, he's – okay. He play, He's played by um, uh, Ted Atkins – from Tom Atkins. Uh, Tom Atkins. He's played yeah. by Tom Atkins from Night of the Creeps, the famous line, Thrill Me, which is an awesome movie, by the way. If you haven't seen Night of the Creeps, please watch it. Great movie. And I guess what I didn't know about Adkins here is that he was always sort of like billed as like the stud, like hunky guy character in his movies. Uh-huh. And they continued that with this, this one, even though he's a bit older. And he's eventually going to be sleeping with a lady that's much younger than him. It always feels weird. He is, uh, let's see, he was 23. He's 57 years old in this movie um, at the time. And so, um, yeah, he definitely looks like, you know, he gets shirtless a couple of times. And he's got, you know, he's got that body of a dude that like used to work out a lot, but now he doesn't. (laughs) He's still in pretty decent shape, but it's one of those double standards too, where it's like, oh yeah, the 57 year old guy can be. With right. a twenty-one-year-old, and nobody's got a problem with it. But if it was flipped, everybody would be like, "Oh, you can't do that." Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> yeah, and then besides all that, Doctor Dan is just like he just sexual harasses everybody. <laughs> uh, so yeah, first of all, about Doctor Dan here, I feel like the character should not have been a doctor. He should have been a cop. He looks and he acts like a cop. Right. Right. Everything he does in the movie is cop-like. They should have just made him a cop because it makes some things a little bit outlandish. Is It's like when they call him to come look at this guy, right? Harry. 
Harry Gumpers, his real name is Grim. <laughs> it's Grimbridge. So there's a G in there. Give me uh-huh. that one. It's like, is he the only fucking doctor in Northern California? Like there's nobody else working at the hospital. Dude, apparently, and not only is he a doctor, he's like a doctor slash detective because he fucking takes it upon himself to fucking Scooby-Doo this entire operation. He, they call him to come back. He's like, Doc, you got to come look at this guy. It's such an emergency. He goes there and he looks at him for two minutes and gives him a sedative and says, yeah, it's fine. Just we'll check on him throughout the night. <laughs> and then he fucking lays down on the couch in the hospital and goes to sleep. <laughs> not before, Not before groping his nurse. Oh, yeah. Nurse Agnes comes by and he just gives her a big old, like, aggressive honk on the ass. And it's like, it's aggressive. Like, he gets his hand up there, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, to- you you should have married me instead of my ex-wife. Not and like I, I should have married. You should have married me. And, of course, right. they just laugh it off because, you know, casual sexual harassment in the 80s is okay. It's like, oh, 80s. Oh, 80s sexual harassment for laughs. And then, yeah, Agnes just laughs it off like, oh, you. And she slaps him on the ass. And then he's just like, it's all good. (laughs) Yeah. So from this point on, as soon as he tries to fall asleep on that couch or somewhat falls asleep, he is no longer a doctor, Luke. He is a detective. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Yeah. He he wakes up and he got his fucking junior badge and and he's ready to go. Dude, he's not even like deputized. It's like they gave him the whole department. It's like, or the cops like absolutely give no shits about any of this stuff. Well, let's be honest here. The only reason he fucking, you know, takes it upon himself to take this case on or whatever to investigate what's going on is because of what happens next. And that's uh, one of the agent Smiths comes to the hospital while, you know, everyone's sleeping. Because again, it's one of those hospitals that has no staff in it. So he quickly just walks into Harry's room while he's sleeping Sticks his fucking fingers into Harry's eyeballs. Which I'm sure you loved. Ah, it was really good. I made a noise. And then he, like, pinches his fingers together and, like, rips, like, the bridge of his nose out. It's fucking gross looking. I don't know how exactly it would kill him. No, but, uh, me neither. It, it, it does, though. It kills, it kills Harry. And then uh, <laughs> Nurse Agnes is actually there to witness this whole thing. She walks in on it. <laughs> And this guy just like, you know, very nonchalantly just walks out of the room, gets in his car with uh, Dr. Dan in hot pursuit. He, uh, the, the, you know, the perp, as I'm sure Dr. Dan would call him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Detective Dan. Yeah, fucking <laughs> douses himself in gasoline, uh, lights, a, uh, lights a flame, and just explodes. Like, just immediately everything explodes with him yeah, the and killer, the car. The Agent Smith killer guy kills himself right. that way. Yep. Immolates himself there. Yep. And first I was like, holy shit, man, he exploded real good, like right away. And yeah. then, I was, then later it actually kind of makes sense why that happens. Oh, yeah. No, it does. They 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 tie that one together. This is another movie that I was I was watching it today to get ready for this. We watched this one separately. Is that because I'd seen this one a couple times, but like Blob 88, this is one that I had not seen on cut. So, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize there was as gory as it could get later on. Yeah, there's some gnarly scenes in this movie, including, you know, the one we just talked about with the nose. But, uh, yeah, there's some stuff coming up where I was like, holy shit, Um, it's well done. It's good gore stuff. So not only is uh, Dan not a doctor anymore, but he's also a horrible father, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, he's a terrible dad. Uh, Again, I I mentioned earlier, you know, if you take a shot every time the Shamrock uh, Halloween mask commercial plays, uh, you know, you'll die. 
Uh, you, you can also take a shot every time uh, Dr. Dan calls his ex-wife and be like, I can't be there for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then she fucking yells at him. And he's like, I know. I suck. What can I do? Like, he doesn't even care. <laughs> like, that's shit I got to do. And that shit that he's got to do is solve this mystery. Because that's his job, Luke. Who else well, yeah, is going to do it? And also, he's got he's got Teddy the the lab tech who he's uh that is like his girlfriend, right? That he's like dating. Did they actually like, say it was his girlfriend? I thought he was just like you know that's like his side piece. Uh, I mean, maybe I guess they didn't specifically say it. But I just assumed because like they like smooch before he goes off on this whole venture. Okay, I missed that then. And later on, the conversations they have it made me feel like she wanted to be with him, and he was just sort of like blowing her off. No, no, man. They, like, kissed right before uh, he left with Ellie. Oh, we should talk about Ellie. Obviously, he doesn't care that much about her because this this no. girl, Ellie, that he meets, he's going to sleep with her very soon. He forgets about Teddy immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as this woman comes into his life, who's Harry's Harry's daughter. Right. And is trying to figure out what happened to her dad. And she's... Did you get how old she was when she made this movie? I did. Actually, the actress's name is uh, Stacy Nelkin, and um, she was, let's see, 23 years old, I believe, when she uh, she made this movie. And I remember I said uh, Tom Atkins was 57. So, uh, you know, I thought while I was watching this movie, I'm like, OK, because the two of them get together in the movie and she's like, I got to find out what happened to my dad. And he's like, I'm going to help you. I'm here for you. And I'm like, no, I'm like to do that. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm not. They're not going to do this. They're not going to make them bang or whatever. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that came crashing down uh, pretty quickly. Uh, dude, um, I'll tell you the exact moment that I knew these two characters were going to bang. You ready uh-huh. for this? When Dr. Detector Dan calls his wife yet again and says, oh, I'm not going to be able to be with him on Saturday or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he's talking on the payphone, and he hangs up the phone. He runs over to the car but he's already bought himself a fucking six pack and he's taking it <laughs> with him on this mystery chip with this daughter of a guy who died under his care, who is right. 20 years, his senior, this motherfucker decides he's going to buy a six pack and take it on the investigative journey with them. So yeah, no, at that moment, at that moment, I knew it was like, Oh yeah, they're going to get to wherever they're going and they're going to, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to bang and then they're going to be together for the rest of the movie classic dr dan uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking yeah she this girl just experienced this horrible trauma and who uh she literally could be his daughter i mean she can be his daughter she's 24 years younger than him um i didn't get it at that point i still thought like nah man this is gonna be like a wholesome platonic relationship um i didn't i didn't get there until right before they hooked up for the first time it was <laughs> more than happens more than once where they're like they get to the hotel and and she's like and she goes and dude it's like a scene straight out of a an eighties or seventies porno uh-huh. movie yeah and, and and there's even like porno music playing don't ask me how I know all these things and uh, which and she goes uh, uh well oh they're talking about like uh where uh, where he's gonna sleep he's like oh maybe I'll sleep in- yeah I can sleep in the car you know I can yeah, get another on the room. floor yeah and and then she goes uh real sheepishly well what. Where do you want to sleep, Doctor Chalice? And in the background, it's like, that's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking they start sucking face. 
And I went, ugh. And then, but then the, then the scene cut away. So I'm like, okay, well, that sucked, but at least that's over with. Nope. <laughs> no, because she's taking a shower. And uh, like a scene, she's taking a shower after he runs out to do something. I don't know. He goes over. Um, More Scooby Doo shit. Oh, no. He went out to go buy, he went to go buy booze, is what he went to go do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they already down the six pack. He went to go buy some whiskey or whatever. Right. Um, this investigation is important. Yeah. <laughs> get stopped by a bum in the street who asked for a drink. And right. then you get a little bit, you get a little bit like, Hey, I don't have any diseases. Let me get a sip. <laughs> <laughs> He's this doctor. This doctor's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> That's when we get a little bit of background on the town where they are of Santa Mira. Uh, which we're going to come back to in a second. I want to finish this old Dr. Dan. and um, Yeah, yeah. Let's get this uh, out of the way. <laughs> he comes back and she's just taking a shower and she gets out and she's cold or whatever. And I don't know what insane person does this, but immediately like walks out of the shower, doesn't dry herself off. Instead, wraps herself in the bed sheets that she's going to sleep in later. Which is gross, by and the then, way. Um, and then Dr. Dan shows back up and they they have their full on on screen sex scene. Yeah, yeah. So you have uh, 57-year-old Tom Atkins on, on top of this 23-year-old actress. And I'm like, okay, this can stop anytime. And then he like <laughs> pulls one of her boobs out and like inhales one of her nipples. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> inhales it is the right word. It like, is anything but erotic. It is like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, he just he just it's just gross. It's all bad. It's the I wrote down uh, the most horrifying scene in this movie. <laughs> And then, thankfully, mercifully, it ends right there. But the damage is done. So let's step back for a minute. Let's talk about Santa Mira. It's it's like a town that's built around the Silver Shamrock factory. And when you get there, it's a little bit weird. When When Dr. Dan is talking to that bum, he finds out, like, the whole town is Irish and it's run by this guy named Cochran. And, like, the guy that runs the motel, he's super pleasant, like, eerily pleasant. And then, you know, when they're Rafferty. In, yeah, Rafferty, when they're checking into the <laughs> hotel, it's like they're the only ones there and nobody's in the town because like there's this um, there's this intercom announcement that comes over the whole town. It's like curfew's six o'clock, move all your activities indoors. And you see people like locking their doors and pulling their cats in. And so you think the town's pretty deserted. But then all of a sudden, all these people start checking into the motel. Yeah, yeah. You get uh, introduced to a few more future victims here. You get introduced to the Cupfers, who uh, fucking roll into this uh, parking lot of this gas station slash hotel in their uh, giant ass RV. Uh, and it's, it's it's Buddy, the, the husband, Betty, and then little Buddy Jr. He's this little, little shit yeah. <laughs> who, who like... He gets on his bike, which by the way, flew off the top of the RV and almost hit Dr. Dan in the crotch. <laughs> yeah. And then he he starts, you know, he starts riding it. And uh, Betty, his mom is like, don't, don't ride your bike in the street. To which he <laughs> responds by riding his bike in the street and flipping his mom off. <laughs> yeah, he raises his hand and gives her the bird. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so these guys are, are great. And then we get another uh, a person show up. Her name is Marge Gutman. She's like this angry woman. She's a vendor from the uh, um, the Silver Shamrock Factory. She's one of the people that buys the masks, and they uh, they fucked up her her one of her orders, uh, you know, for a shipment of masks. And so she's there, and you know they're they're keeping her 
you know, they're giving her the runarounds. She has to stay in this quote unquote shithole hotel or whatever she calls the place. She's not happy to be there. Yeah. So you meet them characters. And the next time you see her, she's, uh, she's coming back into the building, into the motel with Ellie, you know, the daughter and, right. you know, just you know, making small talk. And, you know, it's like, you know, she's settled down by now and she's like, Oh, you know, I got my shop in San Francisco. Look me up when you get there. Um, yeah. And I wanted to show him this mask, like the little silver shamrock tag on the back broke off. And he's like, she's like, yeah, it shouldn't break like that. And, um, then it follows her into her room and it's like this little silver medallion. That's right. a silver sam- shamrock. And then when she puts it on the table, it falls over. And on the back, there's like a computer chip. Right. And, and, uh, you know, Marge is like, what the fuck is that? You know, these, these medallions are on, on every silver shamrock mask. So she, she, she picks this thing up and she starts fucking with the microchip. Uh, by the way, this is during that fucking gross ass sex scene that we were talking about. And then, <laughs> So she starts like digging at this microchip and then a laser fucking shoots out of it and blasts Marge in the face. This is the goriest scene in the movie. Oh, this is fucked up. This is fucked up because I was like, the laser effect wasn't great. Uh, none of the laser effects in this movie are, <laughs> are great. This is a, uh, this movie had a budget of $2.5 million, by the way. It was really, really cheap. Um, but man, the after effect of what happened to Marge's face is uh, that's going to stick with me for a minute. Yeah, like it blows her lower part of her, like by her mouth, which just blows it open. And yes, like her lips her... are all pulled back. You can see her teeth. Yeah. And they're all fucked and then, up. And then her a eyes, fucking her like eyes. Bee, yeah, her eyes are all like glazed over. And then a bee crawls out of her ravaged mouth. Yeah, and then like crawls like into her hair, and like yeah, she's got this like these wide staring eyes that are like they're way too wide than they should be, and they're like they've been like burned open basically. I think it. Yeah, it's. I think it's her strange. eyelids were. I think her eyelids were burnt off. Is what happened, and um, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, this is the first time where I like I took notice. I'm like, oh man, this movie might not be fucking around. And then um, you know, like there, there's a commotion outside, and that's what rouses uh, Doctor Detective Dan. From his uh, post-coitus snuggling, oh. and uh, <laughs> and he like walks outside to see what's going on, and um, um, that's when you meet Cochran for the first time. He's like the head of the town and also runs the factory. He's the owner of Silver Shamrock, the inventor of sticky toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a prank guy. <laughs> he plays tricks and yeah. he builds machines. Right, right. That's one of the things that we got from uh, Marcus was talking about that that bum that Dr. Dan went into at the beginning or not the beginning, right? Right before uh, Dr. Dan and Ellie's uh, unfortunate sex scene. He's like this guy that's got like exposition on doc- on um, Mr. Cochran. And yeah, he tells uh, he told Dr. Dan, that like, yeah, he's like a prankster. He's like one of the best pranksters around. Uh, he makes all this, uh, you know, stuff to prank people with. And one of them was the the sticky toilet paper. And for whatever reason, man, I just that stuck with me. Like, man, how fucking awful, how <laughs> shitty would that be? Can you imagine you're, you're taking a, just a giant shit, right? Imagine it's like a yeah. real, real bad one, you know, like you really need to clean that up. And then yeah. you get this toilet paper and then it's just like, well, like what happens? It sticks to your asshole and then you can't clean anything up. And now there's like a big, like how pissed would you be if somebody did that to you? Pretty fucking pissed, dude. You'd have Someone- shit stuck everywhere. <laughs> Be on your hands and on your ass, dude. Probably on the toilet seat. And that's the only toilet paper that's in there. 
<laughs> oh my god, I would murder. I would murder whoever fucking did that to me. <laughs> so just like Rafferty, Cochran is like overly nice and pleasant. You know what? Actually, his voice reminded me of uh, Takagi from Die Hard. I, if you weren't thinking about it, you're not going to get it. But if you like turn the movie back on after we're done with this for a couple minutes, just listen to him talk with your eyes closed. He sounds like fucking Takagi from Die Hard. Oh, the guy that like uh, is in charge of the tower or the. the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The owner of the company. Yeah. OK, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. I could see that for sure. You know, he's being real nice to Dr. Dan, Dr. Detective Dan and saying, you know, it's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. We're going to take her to take her to our factory. We have state of the art facilities. We'll take care of her. Yeah, he's talking about he's talking about Marge, right? Because like, yeah, we obviously saw Marge die, but he's like, we're we're gonna take her to uh, not a hospital. <laughs> we're gonna take her back to the factory, right? And then like, as Cochran walks away, Detective Dan hears overhears him say, "It was a misfire," right? Right. So that's got his his hackles all in a bunch, you know. And um, now we're we're fully on board with him being a detective. We know he's that. He's no longer a doctor. Um, yeah, I forgot but about let's, that. But let's, but let's, um, let's just take a minute and discuss how, like, very suspicious they are while trying to be not suspicious at all. You're talking about Doctor Dan and Ellie. And Ellie. First of all, Doctor Dan makes a call from the the hotel lobby, right. which he's already decided this town's really fucked and that people are watching him. So of course he's like the the telephone's bugged. Like he doesn't right. even think about checking. And then the next day in the morning, he they go to the factory, the Silver Shamrock factory, and the Cupfers are there, right? That's right. That's right. Because Buddy, Buddy Sr., uh, he's like the number one mask salesman. So he's there to to I don't know, get more orders and like and get a tour. So the next big part of the movie is this uh factory tour. I'm gonna jump ahead to the end of the scene first and we'll come back and talk about it, but about them not being suspicious at all, uh, sarcastic, is that like at the end while they're leaving, Ellie sees her father's car and right. they're trying to play it cool, right? And she just immediately starts running for this car like, hey, that's 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 his car. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah, no, they, I don't even think they, or at least Ellie doesn't try and play it cool at all. <laughs> yeah, th- this. By the way, how fucking shitty of a job did the, uh, you know, the people at the uh, Silver Shamrock do of hiding that fucking car? It's just, it's just like out yeah. there. Like, <laughs> like barely covered. Right. There's like it's a like they almost were of. like teasing them. Like right. they opened the garage door on purpose as they were walking by. Right. Right, right. Stepping back, stepping back, um, uh, Dan and Ellie like go under the cover, like that they're missing an order. That's why they go to the factory and the cuffers are there. And since they're like the highest sellers, they're going to get a tour of the place. And the cuffers who are like the father's really, really nice. It's like, Hey, can my friends come along? And Cochran is like, yeah, sure. So they all get a tour of this factory. Yeah. Um, man, I, I hate the cuffers. <laughs> I fucking hated them. I hated every single one of them. <laughs> I hated, I hated all of them. I couldn't wait till they all died. <laughs> They're they, so fucking they annoying. I can't. I still now after seeing the scene a couple times because I rewound it. I can't really figure out how um, how the parents died, but they all die. Well, the 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 dad. I, I know how he died. He gets. Uh, well, you want to get into it. You want to get into the Cupfer's. Uh, yeah, let's demise? get into the Cupfer's death because I think you're about to tell me that he gets killed by a non-poisonous snake. But we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happens to him. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
so this is where we, we, we get some more exposition and you kind of get the uh, the feel for, um, you know, Cochrane's, you know, master plan is that you have these three masks and they're for whatever fucking reason, these basic ass masks are like everywhere in the United States. Fucking the kids have bought them or their parents have bought them for them by the millions. Right. And yeah. at uh, at nine o'clock. PM on uh, October 31st, which by the way, this movie keeps counting down the days too. So you have like Wednesday the 27th, Friday the 29th, yeah. you know, now it's September the 30th. This is the, this is the, you know, the, or um, October the 30th, sorry. So this is the, you know, the, the, the day before Halloween. So, you know, they're going to play this broadcast uh, called the, uh, the Horror-thon. And it's, guess what fucking music it's going to be? It's that goddamn commercial. And uh, when the kids put the mask on, because it tells them to put your masks on, and they they watch this commercial, and uh, at this point, um, isn't this where they have Doctor Dan captured? Right, they got him in uh, in the like the main control room, right? And yes. they're making them watch watch the the Cupfers, you know, get killed here. And fucking yeah, they have uh, both of them captured. They have um, what's her face, Ellie, in a different room. Right, Ellie got kidnapped got, earlier. Yeah, right, and they've got Dan like strapped to a chair watching what's going to happen to the cuffers on, on uh, right, right. There's, a yeah. big, there's a giant piece of Stonehenge behind him. <laughs> yeah. <And there's laughs> it's like they've been knocking away pieces off of it. Yeah. And I guess, <laughs> is that what they're putting in those little medallions pieces like of Stonehenge? Fucking eight, right. It is. <laughs> right. Cause that makes sense. Um, so yeah, they, they're, they're like Cochran's like, well, we're going to show you a, a demonstration. So they got the cupfers in this little room. They're they are all locked in there, and uh, but they don't know they're locked in there. It's like it looks like a little like a living room. So you know, uh, little buddy Junior, you know, puts the mask on like the commercial tells him to, and then he starts playing that fucking song for the umpteenth time. And then all of a sudden, you see him like grab his head, and he kind of like just falls over, and then it kind of zooms in, and it's kind of it's a effective, pretty fucked up. Like they kill this yeah, kid. It's gross. And like his his face looks really fucked up underneath that mask, and out of his mouth come all these bugs and snakes. Uh, his mom well, sees this. His whole this. body like deflates. Right. Yep. Yeah. Basically, yeah. He just like deflates like a balloon. His mom sees this and just passes out and dies. I guess. Right. <laughs> Maybe. We never we never got like a, any closure on that, but I'm assuming. And then yeah, the dad gets uh, bitten by a snake, and then he falls over and dies too. Yeah, a, I'm a fucking gardener snake with no teeth. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then, so Dr. Dan sees that, and then they move him to another room. Or No, he's still in the same room. And that's when, you know, Cochran gives his evil villain speech. And I, as I'm watching this, because, like, you know, all these kids have this mask. So, like, Cochran just, like, wants to kill all these kids or right. whatever. And I kept wondering, he's like, why does this motherfucker hate kids so much? And he starts talking about uh, Samhain, you know, like the Celtic origin of Halloween and how he's lamenting the fact that it's turned into what it is now. And he wants to bring it back to its glory. He says, like, the blood ran red with animal and child sacrifices. And I paused the movie right here and I looked up some origins of Samhain, right? It's bullshit, isn't it? Nothing in there says anything about (laughs) child sacrifice. There's animal (laughs) sacrifice. Sure, sure but some the only conclusion that i can make is that cochran fucking hates kids and wants to kill all of them <laughs> he fucking retconned his own fucking uh <laughs> celtic origins he's like uh right. animals and kids absolutely kids kids first if anything <laughs> <laughs> man i could see someone of like like actual celtic origin watching this movie and be like what the fuck 
<laughs> honestly. <Right. laughs> By the way, here here's one of my one of my uh, favorite transitions because, like I said, the movie keeps doing you know it keeps counting down the days. So there's a scene where you know after uh, the um, the cupfers get killed, you know they're taking Doctor Dan to uh, his own you know his own death room. You know he's got a TV in yeah. there and they're gonna put a mask on him. So they, uh, you know, it was, it was October thirtieth. Uh, They're talking to him, and they 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 put him in an elevator, and then they come out of the elevator. <laughs> it's October thirty first. So that elevator ride took all fucking night. <laughs> I laughed a lot. <laughs> so that's literally what happened. They flash October thirty first. And then the elevator's door, the elevator doors open, and then there's there's Cochrane with all the uh, the you know the Agent Smiths. Ooh, by the way, it's revealed all those people, fucking androids. They're all not androids, robots. They're all just straight up robots. Yeah, because uh, throughout the movie, Dan keeps calling Teddy his uh, girlfriend slash who knows what, right? And they keep talking on the phone, and she gets increasingly like weirded out by like, oh, I'm not finding any human tissue, and then like something clicks in her head, and she's like, holy shit, and then she gets killed by one of the Agent Smiths. Yeah, he's just there, and he, he yeah, she's what a thankless. Disappointingly, role. off scene, she gets uh, off screen. She gets a drill through the face, but we don't get to see this one. Maybe they just didn't have the money for it. I think it goes through her ear. Uh, yeah, he just like knocks her down. What a, what a thankless role that actress has. She's on the phone yeah. for the entire movie, right? And then all of a sudden, one of the Smiths <laughs> breaks in there, knocks her on the ground, happens to grab a, a fucking uh, what do you call them? Fucking things, um, hand drills. A hand drill grabs a hand drill and uh, drills her through the ear, killing her, and that's the end of uh, of Teddy. Yeah, dude, her call sheet was like, yeah, show up for an hour on a Tuesday afternoon. You knock <laughs> <Probably>. out. <laughs> <laughs> for a two point five million movie, I'm not wouldn't be surprised, dude. I'm sure that's probably what would happen. So cut back to Doctor Dan escaping from his bonds. Ridiculous! Uh, you know, ridiculous. Uh, it kicks out the kicks out the TV. Right? <laughs> that's playing like Halloween. A, yeah, they're making him watch it because it's a countdown to like the big, you know, the big mass murder of children. And um, he takes one of the TV pieces and cuts himself out and then crawls through the vent. No, wait, wait, and wait, wait. Hold on, dude. We, we, you missed the best fucking part of his escape. Before that? Before he, he fucking even cuts himself loose, I think, he, he takes his mask off because, of course, he would. And then while he's bound in the chair. Oh, yes, like, yes. Fucking flicks it with his goddamn wrist <laughs> to this camera that's up in the corner of his room, and he lands fucking just perfectly, perfectly on lands on there to to block the camera, <laughs> so the so the androids watching won't know what he's up to. It is oh, insanity. It I is. was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and then when they finally do realize it, like uh, Cochran sends a couple of the the robots to check it out, and like looks in the camera, and there's like two robot guys in there. And like one takes the thing off the camera and the other one holds off the grate. And they're both like, they shrug their shoulders. It's like, what you going to do? <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking Tom Atkins, dude. What are you going to do? It's <laughs> So Dr. Detective Dan goes and frees Ellie, right? Right. And uh, she's, she's weirdly silent throughout this whole thing. And this is, the ending is sort of weird. Like I didn't feel like it was the ending, but I was like, oh, I guess that is the ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, you know, they sneak their way up above like where they got the Stonehenge Pete's and he's got like a box of those medallions. Right. 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 And he chucks him over 
and they fall down on all the robots and Cochrane, and they react with the Stonehenge piece, and he shoots out all those blue laser beams, and all the robots explode, and then Cochrane in a very bad effect, like yeah, he completely changes appearance, and then what does he explode or does he turn <laughs> blue or what does he do, dude? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so after uh after he pulls that shit and by the way him and ellie do some of the fucking goofiest sneaking around in this main control room i've ever right, seen they it's supposed to be serious but they're like hiding behind like shelves on wheels and they're like i mean it's obviously there's people behind these shelves are moving and all these robots are like i'm sure it's fine and then uh yeah so he throws the medallions over the side they cl- like they go up in the rafters and they they fucking pepper all these like robot scientists who get killed by him and then stonehenge piece gets pissed off at uh, cochran and then like a bargain basements like han solo and kryptonite fucking shoots him and turns him into this like white paper mache figure which looks real bad <laughs> real real bad and then he just like disappears and, and again in a real not great effect he just kind of like you know just fades away and that's uh that's the end of cochran but uh oh but not before, again, one of my favorite scenes at the end here, because uh, he does, Dr. Dan does do something smart for a second here, because, you know, all the phones in town weren't working, right? Because he kept trying to call right. and nothing was getting out. Um, he was just giving <laughs> giving away his position. But uh, he fucking, he calls Linda uh, again, his ex-wife. This is, again, like the fourth or fifth time that they've talked on the phone. And immediately Linda's like just up his ass, like, where the fuck are you? What the fuck? You have fucking kids here. You promised you'd be here. To which he's like, Linda, shut up. Just shut up. Linda, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you got you to gotta take those masks off our kids. And she's like, you know, tells him to fuck off, hangs up on him. And then it's a working phone, right? He doesn't call right. anybody fucking else. No, he's just he like, doesn't. Well, that's the end of that. And he hangs no, up. No, he decides he's going to drive and try to call somebody else on the phone from a different location. You, you have a phone right there. Right. Just continue. <laughs> but no, him and Ellie get in the car. And this is when um, Ellie's uh, silence becomes um, known. It's because they've uh, they've turned her into a robot, apparently. Right. Well, they've killed the real Ellie. And now they've... You yeah. Know, they've oh, and they replaced her with a robot. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's that dead. That makes more and, sense. All right. So Ellie, you know, robot Ellie is, uh, you know, trying to beat the shit out of, uh, uh, you know, of Doctor Dan. I thought she, this it, looked cool too because her arm got ripped off and there was some yes. good machinery and stuff. I thought that was pretty good. This was cool. He like decapitates her with like a, a fucking wrench because he crashes the car. They're driving the car for a while uh, before she freaks out on him. And then yeah, <laughs> but again, there's so many like jump scares in this scene where like he thinks he's killed her, but then like. The headless the body stands him. up and then the yeah. hand attacks him. And then finally he just, I don't know, he just walks away from the whole thing. Well, then he runs and he ends back up at that gas station that Harry ran to at the beginning with the same gas station attendant. And he calls, I don't know, like the, the head of all the, the, the t- television stations, you know, at the time. <laughs> yeah. There's one number for all of them. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sort of makes sense back then. Like, you know, TV wasn't as what it is now. They only had a few channels, you know? According to them, only three stations. Right. So he had three stations. He's like pleading with these guys, yelling at him to like, you know, stop the feed. He's like, just trust me. You know, like we don't have enough time. And then like it actually works. And like the first channel, like because uh, some kids run in with the masks on. And uh, the first channel like cuts out, says technical difficulties, and they change a the channel and the commercial's running. And then that cuts out too. And then it gets to the third channel and it's still running. 
and like uh De- detective dan is like you gotta stop the third one you gotta stop you gotta stop the third one ah! and then what <laughs> happens luke and then it just fades to black and that's it so that's left Friends. ambiguous <laughs> And that's how the movie fucking ends. I, I guess originally uh, it was going to end with um, the sound of like millions of kids screaming, but uh, they 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 said they figured that was going to be too dark, so they uh, they they left it ambiguous. So, give me your final thoughts on Halloween three season of the witch. It's really stupid. <laughs> it's really really stupid. It's a dumb dumb movie. Um, is it entertaining? Oh yeah, it's cheaply made. It's got a plot that just like you know i can just defies explanation i i i don't know it's uh i'm not gonna recommend it it's just it's too weird it's too badly made for the most part um it's full of like jump scares that aren't earned either just like allowed sound cues just like in the you know first two halloween movies but like a lot more so and those uh those agent smiths it's every time they're on screen they pop in they play like a you know like a real loud like you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just nowhere near as scary as uh, Michael Myers. I'm not saying I need a Michael Myers in every movie, which, you know, again, would have been cool to have had an anthology series uh, year after year. But the the Agent Smiths, I thought, were pretty shitty bad guys. Uh, Cochrane was ultimately kind of a joke. Uh, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's something I'll never watch again. It's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying skip it. Well, we disagree on this one, Luke. This one, I feel this one turned into a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, it's goofy. I enjoyed from myself for the most part. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I honestly could say I'd watch it again, but uh, if I caught it on TV, I'd leave it on. I think it gets a bad rap. I think it's, uh, I don't think it's as bad as people think it is. There's some good things in there. It's a fun, good time. It has the name Halloween on it. It feels like a Halloween movie and that's all I wanted. So I enjoyed myself. Right on. All right. So that's the end of part one of our Halloween spectacular. We will uh, see you next week for part two, which happens to be Halloween. Later, Gators. Gators.